0: Hey, Everydayer! Thank you for tuning in for another episode of your favorite Locked On podcast. This is a bonus episode of the Locked On NBA Mock Draft Special, featuring can't miss insight on the NBA draft that you can't get anywhere else. If you enjoy it, head over to the Locked On NBA, Locked On NBA Big Board, or Locked On College Basketball Podcasts to get the entire six episodes special. But for now, Enjoy your favorite team's first selection of the 2023 Locked On NBA Mock Draft Special presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to Locked On's 2023 NBA Mock Draft Special. The most comprehensive mock draft with local and national experts providing insight and analysis you can't get anywhere else. Don't miss a single pick as we discuss where the future stars of the NBA will call home. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Hello and welcome into the 2023 Locked On NBA Mock Draft special, the most comprehensive mock draft you will find, and it is even bigger this year. This will be broken up into a six-episode series. We will be taking you through the entire first round of the NBA draft with unparalleled insight from the war rooms of all of the drafting teams, thanks to the local experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, throughout this binge-worthy special, you'll hear from our local NBA shows, dozens of our college shows that cover your favorite teams every Monday through Friday, our NBA draft experts from the Lockdown NBA Big Board Podcast, and this year you'll get trade insight from our Lockdown NBA Insider, Howard Beck. And of course, I'm happy to be here alongside my two co-hosts. First, I'm Kylan Mills, a basketball analyst with the Pac-12 Network, Apple TV, NBC Sports Bay Area, as well as a co-host of the Lockdown Warriors Podcast. And here with me today are my co-hosts, the GOAT of NBA Draft Analysis and host of Lockdown NBA Big Big Board Podcast, Raphael Barlow and college basketball expert and one half of the illustrious Locked On College Basketball Podcast, Isaac Shade. So glad to have you guys here and really excited to talk about all of the madness that is about to ensue.
3: Thanks so much, Colin. We're glad to be here. Yeah, I mean, the GOAT, I have a lot of, I got big shoes to fill, calling me the GOAT. But I'm glad to be here. So I'm looking forward to it.
2: We're putting that out there. You are the GOAT. All right well jeff garcia and the san antonio spurs are going to be discussing their pick rafael isaac we all know this is going to be the victor Wembanyama special i feel like this draft should have just been named the victor Wembanyama sweepstakes and rafael you went all the way to france so watch wemby play in person you have insight none of us have what makes him so special one, he
3: needs to be special because on my wedding day in Paris, me and my wife went to watch Wimba play later on no. that evening. Yes, we what? got married. <laughs> what? We got, we got no, married at the Eiffel Tower, and it was like at 6 a.m. in the morning. So that was the only way to make sure that nobody was in our, our photo shots. And the game started at 9 p.m. So I was like, hey, you know, there's this kid. Um, I think he's going to be like a generational talent. You want to go watch him play? My wife was like, okay, sure. So we go to the game. And um, he picks up like two fouls in like the first eight minutes. (laughs) But luckily, a year later, I went back to Paris to watch him. He had two good games. And then maybe like three or four days later, he had the big showcase against Scoot Henderson in Vegas. So now my wife thinks I was projecting (laughs) way ahead. So (laughs) um, if he ends up being like the superstar that everybody hopes he is, then my wife can tell people that. On my wedding day, I watched Victor Wembayev <laughs> before everybody heard of him. But now uh, he's seven five. I mean, he's 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 special. I mean, he's worth all the hype.
2: Raphael, your wife is the real goat. I can't believe you're letting us call you the goat. That yes. woman I, was not. watching yes. basketball on her wedding day. <laughs> what?
3: Yes, yes, it's a true story. It's a true story.
2: I love it. That's the dedication you get here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Isaac, switching gears to something that's been a big talking point going into this year's draft. When you're looking at the top pool of prospects, this isn't necessarily a draft. where We're going to see a lot of college programs featured in the top five. There's now this growing pool of international players. Also, the G League rolling out the G League Ignite program a couple years ago. How has that impacted the collegiate ranks?
0: Well, Kylan, the day I got married, I went to the G League Ignite fight. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's look at this like maybe from a lottery standpoint, going back to 2005. That's when the 14 team lottery started in the NBA draft. Since then, it's been 18 drafts. We've had no fewer than 10 college players drafted in those first 14 since then. And only twice was it that few, 2005 and 11. This year, as you guys know, and probably anyone watching, we're projecting to have like four of the top five picks be non-collegiate players, with Brandon Miller probably the only college player in that top five. In fact, here's how rare it's been, Kylan. In 18 years of that 14-team lottery, we've averaged just 0.6 non-college players drafted in the top five, and never more than two before this year. But to your question, how has it impacted the college ranks? That's a—it's a great question to ask because people often want to talk about, you know, the downfall of college basketball because of external forces. And there's always going to be those, whether it's um, high school, G League Ignite, overtime elite, New Zealand, or you know, like new threats like now having three two-way contracts on NBA rosters. The college game has proven to be resilient, thanks to coaches thanks to names on the front of the jerseys thanks to rabid fan bases that want to see their schools play college basketball my friends is alive and well here's what i'm watching though over the course of these first three episodes of our draft are we going to have the first ever time when there are single digit college players drafted in the lottery got to see if leonard millard can slide up into that top 14 we'll find out
2: yeah, certainly something to watch for. Going to be exciting to see how this shakes out. Now, before we move forward with the number one pick in our 2023 Lockdown NBA Mock Draft special, there are some of our Lockdown NBA hosts that are kind of tossed around ideas in the NBA war room. And apparently the tinfoil hats came out with David Locke and Sean Woodley. So let's see what all the buzz is about.
4: Anyone else like find it at all? I don't know. Largely annoying that the team that invented tanking keeps profiting off of it. Yeah, it's it stinks
5: They they, they they've they gotten hilariously lucky. They didn't do anything special to get the 14% luck they got to get Wemby. And oh, look at the Spurs. They're just geniuses. Look, at, look they managed this perfectly. They've been awful for years. They traded away Kawhi Leonard uh, for nothing because they mismanaged that entirely. They don't deserve this at all. But hey, that's the way the lottery rolls. It stinks, but that's life, I
3: guess.
2: all right any reaction from you guys on all of that
3: (laughs) it's like in high school and there's this guy that has the prettiest girl on on campus and the other guys are like how did he get her like what does he have that's exactly what that sounded like to me
0: (laughs) Yeah, man, sour grapes going on in the war room there. Yeah. If they invented tanking, clearly they know what they're doing. It's like the A's of, of uh, the NBA draft here. Let's do it. Hey, I'm an A's fan. And yeah, was, whoa, whoa, whoa. And all our players went to the Yankees. I haven't watched baseball since. Listen, I'm in, well, it doesn't matter. This is NBA, not NBA. Yeah. Go Braves. That's all I got to say.
2: Okay. All right. You know what? I'm just going to cut you guys (laughs) off here. Our pick is in. Let's go to Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs with the first overall selection in this year's Locked On NBA Mock Draft Special.
6: Hey, this is Jeff Garcia with Locked On Spurs and with the first pick in the Locked On NBA Mock Draft. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Locked On Spurs is picking... French big man Victor Wembanyama, Spurs finally get themselves the corner piece, that franchise player they desperately need since the Big Three era was over. And now with Victor on board, plus the current roster, they got a lot of seasoning last season in the NBA. Uh, This Spurs rebuild is now fast-tracked. He has the height, the skill set, plays like a guard, plays like an alien, as many call him. And the Spurs are being let's just say luck is always in the Spurs side whenever it comes to the NBA draft lottery and a generational big man in this case Wim Banyana hey I've been through this before David Robson Tim Duncan now Wemby. yeah Spurs will be back on the mountaintop sooner than later
2: yeah, and I think that's spot on. Sooner than later is the trend, it seems, for the Spurs. They've already got some other young talent in place with small forward Keldon Johnson, who's a really strong defender, Devin Vassell, and some other, you know, really young stars who are emerging. Uh, Raphael, how do you see Wemby fitting into the picture for the Spurs?
3: Well, first of all, he said, finally, like it's been a <laughs> 20-year wait. <laughs> I mean, Tim Duncan just <laughs> retired not too long ago, and before <laughs> that, they had David Robinson. And I mean, finally, it's kind of like, I don't know, the Sacramento Kings getting a franchise changing player. But I mean, I just think that it's the guys on the team. They have to fit around Wimbayama. He is the man. Everything is going to be built around him. And, and so, you know, if you don't fit in with Victor, then then you're probably, you know, heading out of San Antonio. But I do think that he is a easy guy for players to to, to, to play with and fit around. Number one on the defensive end, he's going to make everybody better. If you're a defender that struggles with keeping a man in front of you, if you get beat off the dribble, you have someone to clean up clean up your mistakes. And then, offensively, I mean, he can score as your vertical lob threat. He can space the floor. And so he's one of the few players that I feel like any system he fits and he can make the players around him better. So it shouldn't be too hard for, for the, the fit in San Antonio for the players and Victor to adjust.
2: I mean, 7-5 with perimeter skills, absolutely going to be scary in the NBA. Now, one of the questions I was asking myself is, you've also got one of the most seasoned and widely considered the best coaches in the NBA and Greg Popovich, who's going to be leading this charge. Isaac, how long do you think Pop sticks around to see this out?
0: Oh, if I'm Pop, I'm sticking around till they pull me out of there on a gurney dead, right? <laughs> like if he is, the if Wendy's the player we all think and hope he's going to be, Greg Popovich, like maybe we'll actually get like a happy media scrum out of him one day because he's so happy with Wendy. What's interesting about this whole thing, I love what Raphael said about, you have to fit around Victor. We go back to everything with David Robinson and Tim Duncan. That was about David Robinson, the Admiral, taking TD under his wing and teaching him the ways and being those twin towers together. Wemby's not going to have that. So who is going to provide for him that first year NBA tutelage? Maybe it's Pop himself. I'm curious to see.
3: I think Duncan will be back on the staff. I I mean, I know that he was on the staff recently, and I guess he realized, like, you know, I'm not with this traveling all the time. (laughs) But I think as far as, like, home games, he still lives in San Antonio. I I think that he's very, he's going to be very involved with Victor's development. So that's a win for Victor.
2: Yeah, those are some great points you both bring up. Now we're going to bring in Leif Tulin of the Locked On NBA Big Board to share his insight on the number one pick.
7: Victor Wenbenyama to the Spurs. No surprises here. The crown jewel of the draft class finds his way to San Antonio as the third marquee big man selected number one. What's there to know about Victor Wenbenyama? Well, just that he's a seven foot four, maybe even seven foot five big with guard skills who can protect the rim, anchor your defense, shoot the three, handle the ball, facilitate. He can do it all, and that's why he's being regarded as the top draft prospect since LeBron James. And that's not said very lightly, as a lot of people have had high labels, but no one's been getting the acclaim that he's had since he's been 13 years old. Wembenyama is scoring 21 points a game in a pro league in France, leading his team to victories with a younger team. He can defend the perimeter. He can defend the rim. He can score inside and out. The total package, and in San Antonio, you're going for – whatever you can get to help that team. And obviously the crown jewel won't hurt. Uh, He can play the center on offense. He can play the center on defense. He can play the power forward on offense, play the power forward on defense and fit in very nicely for what the Spurs have building with some of their younger players like Jeremy Sohan and Keldon Johnson.
2: Now we've got much more to come here on the first episode of our locked on mock draft NBA special. Now the real fun begins because the two and three picks are kind of up in the air between a couple of guys who I know we're going to talk about in just a moment. Who will the Charlotte Hornets go with, with a second selection in our mock draft special. We'll find out in just a moment this lockdown nba mock draft special is presented by game time just the other day my mom was in town visiting from chicago i live here in the bay area we were trying to find tickets to the cubs giants games we found Great deals on the Game Time app. Now, some things you can do. You can find flash deals for last-minute tickets. They're easy to find and buy tickets for any kind of event going on in your area. They show you images of the seat views, and it's the lowest price guaranteed. Event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and so much more. Finding tickets last minute doesn't have to be stressful. Now stag the tickets without the stress at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code at NBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Continuing with our Locked On Mock Draft NBA special, we move along to the second pick, Victor Weminyama, now off the board, and the Charlotte Hornets are up next. Two big names who've really been talked about at this two-and-three spotter, Guard Scoop Henderson out of G League Ignite, Ford Brandon Miller out of Alabama. Do you see either one of these guys going to Charlotte? Rafael?
3: Yeah, uh, if I'm Charlotte, I think I would go with with Brandon Miller, and it's against the consensus, but I've kind of been saying that all year. I I literally got, I mean, just blasted on social media back in January. Yeah, in January I said that I think that Brandon Miller could end up going number two just based off of whoever has the second pick, and I was mostly talking about Detroit, but I mean, I can show you the thread. I mean, I was called the idiot, the dumbest guy in the world. And so now I think it's a real possibility that Brandon Miller can go number two. And I just think that it's not a knock on Scoot. He just offers more positional size, versatility, and the shooting. Guys that are six nine that can shoot. And I think he just has more upside as a versatile defender. So I would go with Brandon Miller at number two. But again, it's not a knock on Scoot. People make it seem like if you like Brandon Miller, then you're anti-Scoot. But it's just, I like Brandon Miller.
0: I'm with you there, Raphael, because it's like, I I don't care if I'm the Hornets, I don't care who you value more, but whatever your metrics say is better this early in the lottery, I'm just going with best available talent. So if you're the Hornets and that's who you think it is, go get Brandon Miller. If it's Scoot and that's who you think it is, you're going to find a way for him to play with LaMelo and Terry Rozier and whoever else. But to me, this is less about fit and more about best player available this early on on the board.
2: And my one follow-up for you, Isaac, is Brandon Miller far and away the best talent coming out of the collegiate game in the draft this year?
0: Oh, it's not even particularly close. Like, in in every note I've written about him and talked about him this year, that, that verbatim what you just said, far and away, he has set himself apart. There were other players that could have been there, but a lot of them dealt with injuries, whether it was Cam Whitmore or Derek Whitehead or Derek Lively or... Uh, Keontae George having that really loaded backcourt alongside him at Baylor with LJ Cryer and Adam Flagler and so for Brandon Miller it's the right talent at the right place at Alabama where he's got a coach in Nate Oates who says go out there young man and do what you do and he did it all year
5: long.
2: All right and the pick is officially in let's go to Walker Mel with a selection for the Charlotte Hornets.
5: I'm Walker Mayo from the Locked On Hornets podcast, and I'm selecting where a lot of people think the draft actually starts. Will the Charlotte Hornets take Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson number two? Well, in the Locked On NBA mock draft, the Charlotte Hornets take Scoot Henderson number two overall out of G League Ignite. I think he's one of the best guard prospects we've seen in quite some time, and I think he has all NBA potential. But people don't like him here in Charlotte because they don't like the fit between LaMelo Ball and Scoot Henderson in the backcourt. Not only am I not worried about that fit, I think it's actually really good. They complement each other in so many different areas. LaMelo off ball. He shot 41% from threes on catch and shoot opportunities and 37% overall from threes just last season. Already one of the better shooters in the NBA. Plus, Scoot on ball provides great rim pressure. I like his PNR decision making. He's a good playmaker with a tight handle. All right, so you put Scoot Henderson off ball. Well, I think he's really good off of the catch. No, maybe he's not shooting well right now, but LaMelo ball with a six-seven frame chooses one side of the court. Let's say he throws a skip pass cross court. Defense tries to rotate effectively and Scoot Henderson blows right by you already and finishes with a ferocious dunk because he's one of the better athletes, maybe the best athlete in this entire NBA draft. Defensively, wingspan is 6'9", despite him being 6'2", but he's built like a linebacker also. And we've seen the x-rays. The dude absolutely has the dog in him. We saw him stand up against Wemby, scoring 28 points in one of the more highly anticipated G League games of all time. Love Scoot Henderson after the initial disappointment of missing out on Wimby. We love Scoot. Welcome aboard here in the QC. If you want to hear more coverage on the Charlotte Hornets and their second overall pick, catch Locked On Hornets anywhere you get your podcast.
2: All right. Number two pick is Scoot Henderson. Before we make our analysis, let's go over to the NBA War Room. Pretty split on this one. Are you taking the best fit? Is the best available? The better choice? Let's see what our Locked On NBA hosts had to say about this pick surprise they didn't go Brendan Miller just Honestly, like that surprised. all hope
1: is lost
5: <laughs> it's like Surpri- best player available just take the <laughs> take the right pick there don't overthink it yeah but like the Lamello and Scoot Henderson work together you figure that out later like they're not that good of a team now where I think you need to stress about that too much yeah, who Amazing. needs shooting out of your first two guards anyway?
2: <laughs> so, you know, my big question is, do we realistically see Scoot and LaMelo being able to play together? I know that Walker brought up some points. Maybe LaMelo's off-ball activity has increased, but realistically, do you see this being a duo in the backcourt that could complement each other?
3: Well, I think its it just depends on if both guys want to sacrifice. Like, I, I get what he was saying. He did a, a great job of breaking the down of, best case scenario, but I think it's (laughs) gonna boil down to does LaMelo want to sacrifice? Does he want to split ball handling duties? Does he want to, again, spot up, even though the, the, the numbers are good off the catch, but does he want to do that? My concern is when Scoot is off the catch, and he was inefficient as a three-point shooter this year. And of course, he has plenty of time to grow and develop as a shooter, but the way the NBA is going, coaches don't have a lot of time to, to develop and win. It's like, you gotta win right now. And so I, I think that the, the fit is, is not the best, and I think Brandon Miller can fit with any team in any system. So that's why I would have went with Brandon Miller there, but I get the reason why he's, he's optimistic about the fit.
0: Yeah, I, I, like I look at these scenarios you're posing, Raphael, and it's like, all right, who, who's the outlet going to? Are they gonna kind of have that hesitation? Like, how long does it take to figure, you know what I mean? Like, Shit. like there's all those. And obviously I was the one saying, who whoever you think is the better fit, do it. And so you have to have those conversations if you're the Hornets brass with both LaMelo and Scoot and say, listen, can we do this? Can you guys make that happen? If so, and you're willing to sacrifice for a ring, Let's knock it out of the park because Scoot is an Uber athlete who can do it. But at the end of the day, who's the
3: one, who's the two? Does it matter? That's an interesting question to me. Well, I think for Scoot, it's, it's unfortunate. I think he was probably the biggest loser on the lottery night. Mm-hmm. And I know that's such a strong word to you use. Know, you're right, I agree. Because yeah. if he doesn't go to Charlotte, then the next pick is Portland. And that's the same situation. And even if he falls to four, which <laughs> everybody thought was insane a few months ago, I mean, it's a little bit better situation, but Jalen Green needs the ball too. So it's gonna be interesting to see what, what happens next. Well, cause yeah. There's... Yeah, go ahead, Kylan, I'm sorry.
2: No, I was just going to say it was interesting the way that it shook out with both the two and three spots. You know, Scoot isn't going in, in, into a situation where he's going to be that generational point guard necessarily, or at least there's going to be some conversations that have to happen as to how that's going to work with, with a Dame or with a LaMelo. Uh, you know, either one of those situations, as you mentioned, wouldn't you know have been ideal given his level of talent. I, I'm very curious to see if LaMelo is willing to, you know, really, like you said, maybe take a step back or be willing to swallow some pride there.
0: Maybe LaVar's got some shoes he can give him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts from you guys before we move on to some insight from Richard Statement?
3: Yeah, I'm just again, I'm just curious what's what's next. And like I said, I think that. It's going to take a lot of sacrificing wherever Scoop goes. And yeah. again, he was he was the guy that, again, a few months back we we're talking about a generational talent, one yeah. A, one B, and now he ends up in a situation where he's not going to be given the keys to the franchise right away. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, let's see what Richard Stamen of the Locked On NBA Big Board has to say about this one.
8: Hi, this is Richard Stamen from the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. The Charlotte Hornets went with Scoot Henderson at number two out of the G League Ignite. I like the fit, even with Lamella Ball already there. You know, he already is a three-level scorer, dynamic in the pick and roll. This is Scoot, of course, and he has the body to defend multiple guard positions both shooting guards and point guards maybe even some small forwards with his strength to be able to hold his own at least and on top of that you look at just the shooter explosiveness near the rim the jump shooting is there he can play off ball lamella ball can play off ball i really think he benefits both of them really benefit from this uh, pairing and, and with the upside of scoot henderson and lamella ball Both of them could be part of one of the highest upside backcourts in the NBA under 25 right now, and that could be achieved in a matter of years. So I really like this pick for Charlotte at number two.
2: All right, well, moving along, pick number three, Mike Richmond with Locked On Blazers is on the clock now. For both of you guys, now that Scoot Henderson is off the board, is Brandon clearly the three pick here, or is there anyone else that you could see Portland going with?
3: Go ahead, Isaac. I'm a Blazers fan, so I got a lot to say.
0: (laughs) Okay. I I mean, I have seen, I mean, it's felt for a long time like tier two here is Scoot and Brandon, but I've seen some noise lately where Amen Thompson has, you know, gained a little bit on the two of them. Um, And so I think that would be the only other person that you would even remotely consider here. But man, the thought of Dame and Brandon Miller together, (laughs) that's going to be some points scored.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a little biased, so I'm a, a Blazers fan, and I'm a big Brandon Miller fan, so this would be a, a win for me. But Brandon Miller gives the Blazers what, what they need. Blazers have made some mistakes in past drafts. I mean, they kind of made up for it with, with Shane and Sharp. But Brandon gives Portland a three-point shooter, some size. Portland has known for being small over the past few years. They have size, I think has defensive upside. And the one year that I felt like Portland was really good, the one thing that they were missing outside of Dame and CJ was a wing that could knock down open shots and attack a closeout. And with Brandon Miller, you have a guy that can knock down open shots, but if he has the ball late in the shot clock situation, he can make a play for himself. So I think that would be huge for Portland. So it's a win for me as a Blazers fan.
2: <laughs> yeah, all right, Raphael's happy. Well, let's just go out and see exactly what the pick is because that number three pick from right Mike Richmond is in. Here you go, who do the Blazers select?
9: With the third pick, the Portland Trail Blazers go Brandon Miller, somewhat reluctantly, quite frankly, might be a two-way star that everyone covets in the league, but the Blazers are in a situation where they're trying to appease their star. So I tried to make a trade with the Toronto Raptors, and it didn't quite work out in a package that I was comfortable with for Pascal Siakam. Same thing with contacting the Brooklyn Nets and interest in Mikael Bridges shopping this third overall pick. The Nets weren't particularly interested in, in shopping Mikael Bridges, even as part of a three-team deal that netted them two first-round picks from the Houston Rockets. So instead... Take your medicine, take a really good player at three. It's the best type of medicine, as a really good teenager. The problem is that it's not what Damien Lord wants. In real life, taking this pick might have real repercussions, but in this world, I'll just talk to Dame right after this. <laughs>
2: Okay, there you have it. I mean, it's an interesting conversation. What does this mean for the future of Damian Lillard? He's been very upfront in that he does not want to be a part of a rebuild, and he is in more of that win-now mode. So our NBA War Room is reacting less to the Trailblazer selection of Miller and reacting more about what this does mean to Lillard. Let's see what some of of our Lockdown NBA hosts had to say.
5: Going all in. Bye-bye, Damian Lillard. Going all in on moving on. So Dame
4: Willard's available, all 64 million of them in three years, huh? I got the cap space to take him.
0: I think (laughs) Portland trading Dame, though, is the absolute right move at this point. I mean, it's not blame Dame or blame Portland, although you could put more blame on Portland than anything else. But they're not winning a championship by trading this pick. Dame is probably or should be ready to move on in my opinion even if he's loyal to the city of Portland no one's going to blame him for for moving on so I, I think Portland trading Dame is written in the stars and it's been for a couple of
2: years interesting Rafael I'm curious as to get your take a lot of talk about trading the pick do you trade Dame what do you see as being the best move for the trailblazers moving forward
3: well, the first thing I would do is I would call Philly and see if Joel Embiid is available. Because if James Harden leaves, then with Philly's cap situation, who are they going to get to replace replace Harden? So does Embiid want to stay there? So I'm I'm from Portland. I mean, I'm just going to kick the tires here, but I'm saying, hey, we'll give you number three, maybe Ant Simons, and whatever salary fillers that we need to take. That'll be my first call. If not, I'm fine with Brandon Miller. If Dame doesn't like it, I'm sorry, man. We got, we got to think long-term also, so that, that would be my choice.
2: Okay, so I have a question for you, Isaac. How ready is Brandon Miller to compete at the NBA level? Because that's the one question you ask when these guys do come in is, you know, is this someone who's going to need more refining or is this someone who's ready to help the Blazers win now?
0: I think he's ready to help right now from a shot-making standpoint. and That's what the NBA is all about, right? Make me score. Put the ball in the bucket and he does that well uh, positionally with his size and what he's capable of doing i would like to see him finish a little more around the rim he grew in that as the year went on and as he learned his teammates a little more but i mean you look at it 38.4 percent from three on seven and a half attempts per game like he's got the scoring i would like to see him have a little more we we talked somebody talked earlier about the dog and scoot like i would like yeah. to see more of that in brandon miller i think he needs to fill out his frame more and uh, an NBA strength and training staff's going to help him do that I think his frame can carry that Uh, but to me he's ready to step in I don't know if he's ready to step in and do you know massive things right away but he's going to be able to score and do some of the things you need right out of the gate is it going to help Dame win a championship right now I'm not so sure about that
2: and I'm curious, Raphael, you saw Miller at the NBA Draft Combine, correct? Um, what did you think about his rim finishing skills? Because that's something I've heard You know, there being some talk about, and there were some other reports about him specifically, maybe his fitness level uh, surrounding the Combine. Any insight from there?
3: Yeah, I got some insight on that. Number one, as far as the finishing <laughs> at the rim, the spacing in the NBA will be a lot better. That's right. I feel like the knock on him was his finishing but if you really like deep into the numbers scoot was not a great finisher at the rim either yep. and neither were the thompson twins so it's like if you it's like people pick and choose now as far as the fitness level i was i kind of upset about that report okay. and the reason I, I i knew a little bit about it is because i was supposed to film him in, in las vegas but he had mono and he never made it to Vegas, and then he. When I saw him at the combine, he was slimmer, and I saw a report that he was, like, about, he lost about 13 pounds. So for me, I just thought it was kind of irresponsible to kind of put that out there, that basically implying he's out of shape and he's doing poor interviews. But he was ill and he was sick. So um, I think that the teams understand that. It's just once it's put out publicly, it just. It. I just thought it was poor journalism. In my. Opinion. And- and his film in Alabama
0: speaks for itself, right? Like, the man's a basketball player. Like, wh- when Luca was coming in a couple years ago, everyone wanted to know, like, oh, can he keep up with the NBA? Look at his body. Like, I don't I don't care what kind of shape Brandon Miller's in. The man can play basketball, and if you can play or not play, I don't think Dallas or our friend Nick at Locked On Mavs has ever been upset about Luca and his body. Brandon Miller's going to ball out, and I'm not worried about it.
3: Yeah, yeah and that's it's interesting. interesting. I was just gonna say, at the very minimum, he provides floor spacing at the wing. The Blazers need floor spacing. And every team needs a 6'9 guy (laughs) that can knock down open (laughs) shots. And even though he finished at 38% from three on like seven attempts per game, he was at 40 the entire season before he had that like historically bad NCAA tournament. And I know people are holding that against him. Mm -hmm. But Scoot did not have a good second half of the year. He totally took his foot off the gas.
0: And I think there's going to be a lot of NBA fans that might have only tuned in to the NCAA tournament and saw that yep. bad performance in rounds one and three from Brandon Miller. Go, go look at the rest of his season. Just, just go check out his, his game log page. You'll see everything you need to see right there. Those were two of his only three games all season where he scored under double digits. The other was to Houston, who's one of the best defensive teams in the nation. I don't need to hear all that noise. Brandon Miller will do it for you
2: yeah and you know what i think it's interesting the the report about his fitness wasn't put out in light of him recently being ill as someone who has had mono that can take months to recover from i mean you lose all energy a lot of people lose weight from that so that's really good context to to add to that whole situation Raphael, appreciate you mentioning that now we're going to get some more insight from miller from our lockdown bama host luke robinson let's hear what he has to say
4: Hey, everybody, it's Luke Robinson with Locked On Bama. I want to talk about Brandon Miller right now. I, I think he's the best player in Alabama history. Granted, he was only there for a year, so that may be tough for some people to agree with, but he's an unbelievable talent. Five are coming out of high school. His dad was a former Alabama football player, so he's got athleticism in his genes for sure. Uh, Six 6'9 guy that can shoot over people. Maybe his shot is a little bit lower than some NBA folks would want. His athleticism is fantastic. I wouldn't call him explosive necessarily. He can be. He can flash that at times. But for the most part, he's just a scorer. He just goes and gets buckets. He had 19 points a game as a freshman, averaged about eight rebounds a game as a freshman, and he was completely dominant earning SEC player of the year in basketball leading alabama to an sec championship this will be a great pickup for somebody as brandon miller is a fantastic player and he's going to have a lot of success at the next level
2: well a great pickup not just for somebody for the blazers here in our locked on mock draft nba special now for more insight on this pick we'll go to leaf to of the locked on nba big board
7: Brandon Miller to the Trailblazers. This is an interesting situation where the Trailblazers are looking to trade the pick, but they're getting a guy who could instantly contribute and help them win to the level that they need to win a championship and retain the loyalty of Damian Lillard. I'm not sure, but what's there to know about Brandon Miller? Brandon Miller is the top collegiate prospect in the class. Smooth scorer scored 18 points, nine rebounds for an Alabama team. That was the best team in college basketball. He can score in all three levels with a smooth stroke from three, Mid-range is where he makes his money defensively. He competes offensively. He showed flashes of passing to complement his scoring, both with his left hand and his right hand, zipping passes in each direction. He can score when the focal point of the defense, uh, while he is the focal point of the defense, they attack him and he makes the right reads. He scores over the top. He scores in the rim, gets to the free throw line. And mainly he got through a terrible adversity and continue to put up enormous numbers. His first game back after the tragedy of a death that, that he was involved in the case in he scores 40 plus points against South Carolina on the road in an overtime win. So you can see that he can handle pressure adversity and score I think the Blazers will be lucky to have someone like him just to wonder if they go go for the rookie, Brandon Miller, or an established pro.
2: Up next here on our Locked On Mock Draft NBA special, the Houston Rockets and Detroit Pistons make their selections. These are two teams that could go a lot of different directions. They are both in full rebuild mode. What moves will they make? We'll find out when we return. All right, the fun continues here in our Locked On Mock Draft NBA special with pick number four coming up, the Houston Rockets on the clock. To me, this is a team that could go a lot of different directions because they do have a lot of needs. Rafael, who's next on your big board?
3: I'd have to go with Amon Thompson. Um, I think Houston needs a a veteran table setter, but Amon would be hard to pass up, I think right away, he is one of the best, he become one of the best athletes in the NBA. And I'd have to wonder, maybe Isaac can can answer this question for me. An Amon Thompson, Jalen Green backcourt, would that be the most athletic Mm -hmm. backcourt in NBA history? Goodness gracious. I mean, off the top of my head, it has to rival it. You know, I mean,
0: goodness. only only if you got maybe Amen's twin with him uh, would it would it help out but yeah i mean that that's going to be the thing for the rockets if they can get both of if they can get Amen to go with Green uh that's af- athleticism coming out their ears and that that's a good starting point for a team that as kylan said has a lot of needs right now
2: a lot of needs yeah, that's a what lot I feel of talent like. i just I feel just like they're in the take talent.
3: the best I'm sorry. <laughs> jinx
2: you owe me a <laughs> I
3: was going to say, they have the talent. Uh, It's just a matter of getting the the pieces to fit. That's right. They're they're too young, but I will say Amin helps them on the defensive end as far as just his upside as a switchy, versatile defender. But the pieces are there. If they could just get some leadership and someone that wants to get guys involved and can create open looks for a guy like Jabari Smith that that needs a little bit of help, created his own shot that Houston could be one of the, the the better young teams in the NBA
0: yeah because that's one of the things I've thought a lot about Jabari Smith this year because of Brandon Miller like Brandon Miller was like a more capable I can create for myself version of Jabari Smith last year and if he has someone like Amen that can set him up he can knock it down and do what he needs to do and, and as you said Raphael I mean that the fact that his wingspan is more than a half foot longer than his height just boggles my mind. The, like his uh, combine measurement, six, five uh, and three quarters inches tall, and then seven foot wingspan. I mean, it's just wild. And so to be able to add that with, as you said, a team that's young but has the talent and trying to find the pieces, I
3: think he is one that would really help. You know what that tells me? was that he was born to play basketball. Imagine having a seven foot wingspan, you're trying to buy a long sleeve dress shirt. (laughs) (laughs) And then looking over and there's another one of you. Yeah, so, yeah, I I agree, but yeah, the wingspan is crazy.
2: I mean, how much do you think those parents spent like ordering specially made clothes online for not just one, but two of them, of the Thompsons? Like, that's crazy.
3: Just all short sleeve shirts, that's it. (laughs) No sweaters, (laughs) you gotta live down South. (laughs)
2: Right. Well, to me, the Rockets are a team that no doubt is in, like, take the best prospect available, so totally agree with you guys. But just to play devil's advocate, Isaac, of the collegiate players coming into the draft, as we approach the four and five pick, who is the best player maybe to watch through these next couple of picks?
0: My, my next college player off the board is cam whitmore and uh we'll say more about him when he comes off the board but is somebody that has flown under the radar a bit because villanova wasn't villanova this year they didn't have jay wright he started the year with an injury uh, but he is my next college player on the board
2: all right well the number four pick is officially in let's go over to locked on rockets host jackson gatlin
1: What's up? This is Jackson Gatlin from Locked on Rockets. And with the fourth overall selection in the draft, the Houston Rockets will take Amon Thompson of the overtime elite. Look, Amon Thompson is a prospect that has quite possibly the highest ceiling in this draft class of anybody not named Victor Wimbenyama. He's got this insane blend of athleticism and physicals and skills to boot. The only downside on his game at this point is that his shot needs an immense amount of work just to get it to a point where it's even respectable at the NBA level, but there's so much upside when you look at a guy with a six, seven frame an NBA ready body right out of the gate. Defensive potential projects to be a great defensive player who can guard guards and wings, insane defensive versatility, and then offensively great court vision can be an offensive engine for a team and would slot in beautifully next to Jalen Green in the Houston Rockets backcourt, a chance for a backcourt to be the most athletic backcourt in the NBA someday. A great pick for the Rockets at number four.
2: Interesting, Jackson said he thinks Thompson has the highest ceiling of wow. anyone in this draft outside of Wembenyama. That was the one quote that I took away from that. Raphael, would you say that's true?
3: Yeah, I mean, if he gets the jump shot to fall, then then we'll, I mean, it's it's a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of work. But if, even if he becomes just a respectable league average shooter from three point range, then I mean, he could be really really special. I. I wouldn't say he's wrong, but I guess that's not the first name that comes to mind, but. Who is? On the right yeah, who is? <laughs> Honestly, I-, I think that I, I will probably go with Gigi Jackson. Yeah. Uh-huh. and Simply because he's a year younger. I mean, the Thompson t- Twins are 20. Gigi is only 18 years old, and he was the number one player in his high school class. If he stayed in his regular high school class and doesn't reclassify up, I think he would be the number one pick in 2024. And the concerns about him are he's young and immature, but he started the season <laughs> off at 17 years old that's in the right. SEC. So that's, right. that, that's the first name that comes to mind for me.
0: That's where I was gonna go to with it. Uh, you and I, my friend, are aligned. I, I'm right with you. I think for Amen, it's all about if he can grow that 25% three-point shooting that he had, maybe one of the ways to give him some time to do that is with having somebody like Jalen Green, with having somebody like Jabari Smith, how often can they use him as a facilitator, as a playmaker, as something of uh, a, a setup guy from that role and give him some time to work himself into being more of a, uh, a scorer from outside more than just attacking and facilitating. That might be a way to, to just slow, slow things down a little bit.
2: it be interesting to see exactly how he fits in. Now let's go over to Richard Stamen of the Locked On NBA Big Board for his insight on Amen Thompson.
8: The Houston Rockets at number four took Amin Thompson, which is pretty consensus with the board. And I actually agree with this pick. I love Amin Thompson simply because he's so explosive at six, seven with one of the best pick and roll fields in the entire NBA draft. Even though he is 20 playing against high school competition, the overtime elite, he still showed very translatable pick and roll prowess. And if you're a guard of the NBA, especially at six, 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 seven, you've got to be able to run the pick and roll. That's the most important play in the NBA and Amin Thompson has already mastered it. How quickly it scales up from the overtime elite program to the NBA, which is quite the jump that's to be determined. And you know, how, how much his jump shot translates is also a big question, but with defense and playmaking and finishing at the rim, I'm very high on Amen Thompson's upside. I think he's a great pick at four helps the Rockets with uh, point guard need. I think it's a great pick.
2: All right, great pick number four in the books. Now pick number five goes to the Detroit Pistons. Very curious to see. They're another team I feel like similar to the Rockets who could go a lot of different directions. Full rebuild mode. Unfortunately, Pistons really looking for that number one pick. Didn't win the Wembenyama Lottery. Now, where do they go with this pick, Rafael?
3: To me, this is a no-brainer. You go with Cam Whitmore. Detroit has their point guard and Kate Cunningham. And the reason I feel like they were even in position to select number one, which was Kate was hurt. You have Jaden Ivey, who had an all-rookie year, who's really good. Jalen Duren is their man in the middle. So I would say it's a no-brainer because Cam Whitmore provides wing athleticism and a scoring punch. Troy Weaver, the Pistons GM, has a track record of Preferring athleticism. If you look at the team since he's taken over, they've upgraded the team with athletes, and so Cam Whitmore fits what he's looking for. He's an athlete. He can shoot. He can create his own shot. There are some concerns about his passing and the turnovers, but if he's on a team with Cade, he's not going to have to do a whole lot of like ball handling and creating. He's be set up. All he needs to do on the floor make open shots. To me, this is probably one of the easiest choices to make. Agreed.
0: And a lot of, honestly, I think a lot of the reason for the lack of assists last year and the, some of the turnovers is because he was having to try to create so much. Justin Moore was still out with that injury. He had suffered in the NCAA tournament, the private previous year, excuse me, Villanova didn't have their usual Uh, talent depth that they typically have and so I think that forced Cam into having to try to do more in a year where he didn't have a full year of prep coming in as a freshman and that can really set you back when you're coming from the high school ranks I'm right with you Raphael Cam is the no-brainer slam
3: dunk right here and he's right. 18. We, we forget that a lot of these kids are yep. playing 19 as a freshman, he's 18. There's probably some high school junior right now that is a top 10 <laughs> recruit that is the same age as Cam Whitmore, so. Whose mom and dad I mean, held him back a couple of years. Exactly, so yeah, it's a no brainer <laughs> for me.
2: Okay, well, I'm very curious to see. You guys are both in agreement on this one. Will our Locked on Pistons host, Kuka Hill, be on the same page? Let's find out as he has made the number five pick in our draft.
10: With the fifth pick in the 2023 Locked On NBA mock draft, the Detroit Pistons select Arsara Thompson coming out of the Overtime Elite League. Host of Locked On Pistons podcast, Kukiel here. After shrugging off the disappointment and and, getting our heads together after falling from 1 to 5, not just from 1 to 2 to 3 to 4, but all the way down to 5, you realize that the Pistons still have some prospects available that actually would be really interesting, even though it won't be Victor Wimbenyama or Scoo Henderson. probably won't be Asar Thompson. twin, Amon Thompson. But we're going to go with Asara Thompson here at number five. I really buy in his two-way uh, potential here. I think he can be a great defender in the NBA. He's shown some progression with the outside shot. He has some playmaking chops. He's shown some handling chops. And he's around 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, I think he can be a two-way really good player in the NBA for the Detroit Pistons. You could have went with Cam Whitmore. You could have went with Jairus Walker. Um, but in this one, I'm going to go with the Sarah Thompson.
2: Interesting. Okay. Well, anything in this draft, make the Detroit Pistons happy. The NBA war room and Ryland styles. Isn't sure. This is the addition. The Pistons need. Let's see why.
10: Yeah. I, I don't, I don't love the fact that he can't shoot. I don't love the fact that he doesn't have that great of a handle to create for himself. And at, at that point, you're relying on his defense and cutting ability, but is he going to be able to cut and get to the rim if you can just sag off of him and not even pay attention to him on the perimeter and play off ball that way? I think that it messes up your spacing a lot. And I don't love the idea also of him being coached by a first-year head coach and in a in a culture of de- development that's not really that proven. So it'll be interesting to see if this like actually works out for Detroit.
0: I honestly don't know if there's much the Detroit Pistons can do to not make this draft a disaster. I think this draft went completely into the dumps as soon as those lottery
10: balls came out like they they needed a big time pick here and the fifth spot is horrendous in this draft I think
2: (laughs) horrendous some strong words now I'm curious for either one of you guys how big are the shooting concerns with Thompson with the other Thompson I should say go ahead Raphael Uh, Are the Great Lakes pretty big? As big as the Great Lakes. So
3: (laughs) That's all I got for you there. It's a a major, major concern there. Uh, I, I think he's best with the ball in his hands because if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, then who's ever defending him is going to be playing free safety. Now, he is a good cutter to his defense, but I think Detroit yeah. is the team that's looking to try to at least be in the play-in next year. They're looking to have a, a big jump. I think I mean, Asora's best position is as a, a point guard. I've even had some scouts tell me that they think that he's just as good of a point guard as his brother Amon just didn't mm-hmm. have the opportunity with both of them on the same team. I think I would have went with Cam Whitmore. I think he he fits with with their pieces, and I just think that it's not a, a a huge gap if you if you're going by best player available and best fit. I mean, I think Cam Whitmore would have just been the easier choice here, but. Me and Isaac, I mean, they ruined our scripts. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
0: honestly, here's the other thing: I would have even taken Jairus Walker here over Thompson. That was um, my I, other question. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think he does enough different things than Jalen Duran that they could have fit well together, given the other young pieces that the Pistons have. And man, I and we'll talk about him obviously when his pick comes up. But goodness, I love Jairus Walker and what he brings to the table: his work ethic and, and energy and other things that I think just would fit really well for a young Nucleus coming along there um, and the, the funny thing is they were talking about like this fifth pick is horrendous no, no possible stuff if that's the case then if I'm the Pistons I'd rather just trade back and stockpile a little bit
2: mm. Yeah, that's a great point. Now, I'm curious for both of you guys, before we move on to some more analysis, but Asar Thompson, if the Pistons were to take him over a whitmore, uh, what do you think the outlook is for the Detroit Pistons next season?
3: Well, one, they have a log jam in the front court. I mean, you have yeah, Marvin exactly. Bagley, you have Wiseman, you have Duran, you got B Stew. Uh, and so I think they're going to need to consolidate there. I like their backcourt they just need some wing depth and some shooting and Thompson gives them wing depth and defense but he just doesn't provide any outside shooting on and I think they have their they got their guy in Cade Cunningham and for me it's all about finding complementary pieces Mm. that make life easier for Cunningham and I don't know if Asar does that on the offensive end. And
0: and part of it, as I'm looking back through some of my guys, like, for me, the best shooter, if they're needing that, is Grady Dick, and this is way, way too high to take Grady Dick, and so that that's not an option. Um, Anthony Black is not a good enough shooter to fill that role, and, and uh, like, he does a lot of good things well, but if, if that's the need, that's not a fit either, and so I'm, I'm with Raphael. It's a little bit of a stuck between a rock and a hard place as that goes.
2: Hmm, yeah, tough solution and tough situation here. Now let's check in with Leif Tulin of the lockdown NBA Big Board for his thoughts on the Pistons pick.
7: Osar Thompson at number five to the Detroit Pistons is an interesting one. Osar Thompson is a tremendous athlete who's played off ball against inferior competition in the overtime elite, playing alongside his brother, Amin Thompson, who's played the point guard. So most people who have him high, like myself, prognosticate that he can play the point guard. That said, the Pistons have no need for a point guard, um, so playing him off-ball without shooting capacity is interesting. That said, Troy Weaver, the the guy making the decisions for the Pistons, is a huge fan and proponent of athleticism. He hits that in flying colors. Will be a defensive asset offensively uh, to be determined, especially if he's playing off-ball like he will with the Pistons with Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. I think this is a little bit of a reach here for the Pistons, but his athleticism, defensive acumen could play off in the long run because they have on-ball scores in the form of Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, and potentially getting better up front with Jalen Duran as well. Interesting pick here from the Pistons.
2: Interesting pick for sure. Now, that just about does it for our first episode of our Lockdown NBA Mock Draft special. Before we go, Orlando Magic set to be up with the number six pick. Any predictions from each of you, Rafael? You go first.
3: Before we get to Orlando, I just thought about something. Okay.
2: See, Later. all I'll year,
3: year Koo did not like Sadiq Bey. And he was wanting Sadiq Bay to be traded. Mm-hmm. Sadiq Bey went to Villanova. Cam Whitmore went to Villanova. So maybe Cool doesn't like <laughs> Villanova guys. <laughs> And they kind of the same, something. They kind of got the same body type too, so maybe cool. Just doesn't like Philadelphia and Villanova,
0: so that's that's Barlow's barlo. Barlo's reading the tea leaves in here.
2: Yeah,
3: right.
2: <laughs> Where are the tin hats. We got to bring them over from the war room and <laughs> put one on Raphael. All right,
3: <laughs> full circle. Way to go, Kevin. Yeah. But, but Orlando <laughs> needs shooting. I mean, they 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 really need shooting. They have a lot of talent. If, if I'm an agent, I'm kind of scared about my guy going to Orlando because you look at their roster, you wonder where can my guy come in and, and start and, and make an immediate impact, especially if Jonathan Isaac ever gets healthy, which, you know, he's played like five games, cold. but uh, they need some shooting. So it may be a little high for Grady Dick, but... If, if I'm Orlando, I, I may be even looking to see if I could package 6 and 11 to move up. And then maybe if they move up, then you can.
2: Um, yep. There's
3: it, it's so many options there, but. So nice. A
2: lot of options. Any thoughts from you, Isaac? Yeah, I mean,
0: same thing. I'm just going to keep saying Cam Whitmore until he goes because he's been the pick, and every pick he that goes by that's not him right now is just value-added to that team at a lower price point. So I, if I'm the Magic, I'm just going with best player available still. We're early enough in the draft where I don't think that question of best available versus fit is too much of that big a question yet i agree with rafael that they need shooting and uh, i think that's gonna keep growing for cam whitmore i'll just say him again right here
2: All right. Well, we will find out who the Orlando Magic pick right here on our Locked On NBA mock draft special. Plus, we'll see will college players start flying off the board in the five through 10 spots? Will history be made? (laughs) We will tell all of you that in our second episode. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely tune in for the rest of this series. Now, don't forget, this entire special is available both on audio and video at the Locked On NBA and Locked On NBA Big Board podcast feeds. For Rafael Barlow and Isaac Shade, I'm Kylan Mills. We'll see you for the rest of the top 10 in our next episode of the Locked On NBA Mock Draft Special. Thanks for hanging out with us. This is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank
0: you for checking out this bonus episode of the Locked On NBA Mock Draft Special. If you want to get the rest of this six-episode series with unparalleled local insight on the NBA Draft, head over to the Locked On NBA, Locked On NBA Big Board, or Locked On College Basketball Podcasts right now. Always free and available wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.